1: Welcome everyone to another edition of 45 Forward, where our mission is to help you, our listeners, from Los Angeles to Long Island, make your second half of life even better than the first. As we plan for the later chapters of life, many of us have two major concerns. Will we have enough savings to last through our later years? And will we be healthy enough to enjoy the increased longevity afforded to older adults these days? In today's episode, renowned longevity authority and proactive aging educator, Scott Fulton, offers an innovative strategy to linking wealth and health, an approach he calls wealth span. Scott points out that as we age, our our health is really the ultimate wealth, that which enables us to extend our longevity. Quality time is what we seek as we age, and time is also what we must invest in our earlier years to plan for healthy longevity. Today's episode is the third of a series of 45 Forward Conversations I've had with Scott, which he calls Extending Your Best Before Date, aimed at exploring lifestyle choices, strategies, and changes we can make To extend a healthier lifespan scott will talk about how we can leverage proven financial principles into our mindset of personal health and longevity he'll examine an array of established financial strategies such as investing for the long term understanding your risk tolerance and diversifying your assets and demonstrate how we can apply the wealth span principles to invest in healthy longevity scott is passionate around the tremendous opportunity to increase life expectancy through the power of public education. And his his unique investment approach to health is something many of us, which we had learned in school. So now let's meet our guest, Scott Fulton. Scott, welcome back to the show. Hey, Ron, good to be with you again. Yeah, good to have you again. Um, As I mentioned in my intro for our listeners, uh, this is the third um, episode on this uh, trilogy. And uh, just so you know, you can uh, go back on, and the voice america my, my my 45 forward page on voiceamerica.com. and uh the and, and you listen to the episodes of his previous podcast with sep- last September 26th and January 9th um so we we'll will I'll mention more about that during our breaks but uh let's just dive into this uh, cuz this is a, a meaty subject and um uh I think you know a really valuable one because we do talk a lot about when we talk about retirement or you know, whatever that last chunk of life is um, that we, we talk about it often from a, you know, a financial perspective, you know, how do we save and plan for retirement? But as Scott points out, you can use a lot of these same principles in a synchronous way regarding your health. And they they really are um useful in in both applications. so um, let's talk about that initially. So talk about just the overall concept of wealth span again, what you refer to as the nexus of wealth and health. Scott
2: yeah, so it's a um so just not to trick everybody with because they can't see the spelling of it w health span is kind of mm-hmm. wealth span, so it's really the nexus of wealth and essentially wealth preservation, um health preservation. And then preserving or extending lifespan uh, to what we would view as, a, as something closer to what's um, practically achievable. So, it's it's that wealth, health, and lifespan is really what we're trying to put those together. And and when I when I teach um, certainly adults, that's for them is always the 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 magic isn't the number of how many years. The magic is how many years am I healthy. Um, no one's looking to break the record of living to 150 in the last 70 of those being in a nursing home bed uh, right the obviously the ridiculous example but but it's really it's really that um, that same goal when we think about our financial planning of when we start out perhaps in our 20s or 30s and and starting to uh, begin some investment strategies we're doing it with the anticipation of some some really positive outcomes, right? Right. Like I know when I was in my 20s and thinking the the thoughts of becoming a millionaire, which when you <laughs> ran the numbers, right, th- that suddenly became realistic. It wasn't just the Beverly Hillbillies. I wasn't going to have to uh, to load up the truck and move to Beverly to be a to be a millionaire. So um, it really is kind of thinking about life in a little bit different way, and really. Um, what I've tried to do with, with this line of my work is to really help people identify things that they're doing already and just saying, oh, because change is hard. Right. I don't, like I've been an advocate and if you said, what's the one thing I've done in all the things in my career, it's, I've been a, um, I've been the change and I'm, I'm, I'm the guy you call in when you need to change things up mm. and help people through change, um, So you'd think, I love change. I don't like change. Change is hard, Um, but I know it's important. And so the easiest way for most of us to change is to recognize we're already doing a number of these things, and it's not so different. And so one of the areas which I looked at and said between the financial sector and the health sector, you people are talking different languages, but you have the exact same outcomes in mind. Exactly. Right? So- i want I want to help people get to be um, you know financially uh, uh, wealthy in, in retirement years. Well, wealthy is going to include healthy, right? If you have money and no health, that's clearly not anybody's plan. So so what I've tried to do is to try to merge some of these strategies together for people and say, this is just how they're all using different language. You go you know, work with scientists in different fields. They come up with their own clever words. That makes them feel really special because they have to somehow differentiate it from every everything everyone else is doing to make it special, but in reality, it's a whole lot like something else that's happening already. So, so it's really just a mindset of understanding what is a mindset around investment and how would I think about health if I put that sort of an approach to it.
1: Yeah, I think that you know by by bringing them together, I think that's very valuable because I think one of the things problematically as you get older is that that you you segment things into different silos and you what you really need to do is reintegrate them into one approach and i think it, it just helps people and i think that looking at uh you know uh the your, your situation as you get older from the perspective of well what do you want to want this to look like you know i think you've talked about this before in terms of almost or reverse engineering process. All right, you know yeah, exactly, where yeah. are you, yeah. where are you now. What what do you want that to look like? And and just you know using the, a, a synchronous approach as opposed to divergent approach of like your notion of okay, well, how do you invest in that future? You, well, you invest you you're really investing in that time of life, right? That's that's your wealth is that extended longevity. That's your, your the time, but you need to invest some time now to make sure that that time well, is the most productive.
2: Yeah, and I'll actually kind of. T- uh, w- what happens is there's a bridging, happens right. Mm-hmm. So if we, um, I'll just use myself as an example. I remember, um, at in my twenties, you know, I was working for, uh, for a multinational company, and they brought financial planners in to help um, help get us on track, even though we had pension plans and things, but it was still geared around that what you talk about later life. Well, I'm. I'm not at later life yet, but I'm clearly at a point in my life where I don't need to touch any of that money and don't know when I will. Um, but there's something has happened in the meantime to realize I now have, um, so I'm not going to give my age away, but I'll <laughs> say that's 40 years ago that I started that work. Uh-huh. And 40 years later, um, I'm able to look at that balance sheet now and and draw tremendous Comfort um, and confidence from knowing that that's there. It's the exact same thing with health. It's not like you suddenly cash in, you know, in your last five years because you suddenly, you know, you use the financial model because it's all going to go to healthcare and I'm going to have heart attacks and cancer treatments and nursing home for three years and and so I, I need some pool of money for that. No, it's it's about that whole journey going through you get to see you know, in your 20s and your 30s it may not look like a whole lot but then you get your 40s and so oh, that's starting to start to start to look like real money 50s oh that's really starting out and now you know I'm in my 60s um not a great year in the market for for my investments but but that will change and and again that it's that um it's having that stability, of years of of investing in it that that allows you to not have to panic when the market does like what it's done in this year. Right? I don't like it any more than anybody else, but at the same time, because I haven't been living on the edge um, and not planning for something, um, this has been an okay year. Um, yeah. Hopefully next year's or this remainder of this year is going to be a lot better. But um so it it really is over the journey, not just this end of the rainbow thing and you hope to cash in I I really kind of discourage that thinking because that's not very motivating and it's not, and it's not realistic
1: right Yeah so let's take some of these principles uh, um, Scott has uh, basically uh, five principles that we're going to really run through uh, and starting with the first principle uh, again is it's something we we hear a lot about in terms from in financial terms of leveraging the power of, of compound interest. And uh, the principle that Scott t- started talking about earlier was, you know, starting in early and investing frequently. So how do we apply that principle to us in terms of our health span?
2: Sure. It, um, you know, I was thinking about a, uh, a, a one of my coaches who I met who he was in his forties at the time. And I realized then that he'd had 20 years of investing in his health mm. that I hadn't. And I, I, I could tell we were on a different wavelength. I didn't understand it at the time. It's only now that I can look back on it and say, I get where he was coming from because he had invest, been investing in his health. He knew so many things about what was what were healthy choices because he'd been working at it for so long. We all expect the answers. Like I get all the time people ask me, what should I do about this? And what's the best way to eat? And, um, yeah, <laughs> these things are best answered by yourself, with acquiring knowledge and over time and experimenting and and re- recalibrating, and so and that is this long term investment. A little bit of your attention every day starts to accumulate to knowledge mm-hmm. to help make better choices, and you you just um, intuitively start to know. Um, like you could say something like someone has a to use gluten sensitivity as an example someone have some have a tremendous reaction to gluten others have a reaction and don't even know it Mm -hmm. Um, and some have none so it's the ones who are having a reaction who don't know it who start to over time maybe tune in and say yeah actually you know what i didn't have any bread today and i'm feeling a little better um Mm -hmm. and then they had you know it's not going to be a one-time thing they'll kind of go back and forth and over a course of time they start to pick up on trends And those sort of little examples. um, But it really is that um, kind of like what I said around the financial piece, you start to develop more stability and understanding and appreciating your own health better because no one, no one, no one can understand our health better than we can. There's no doctor. The doctor will help with a cure and a treatment. But in terms of knowing our health, that's really on us. And if we, if we don't recognize that we're missing out on a on a really key principle. And so it's that little bit of investment of both activity and knowledge. And so that's, you know, getting out of our chair and and trying to get a little bit more active in what we do and a little more activity may spawn a little bit more activity. Right. And ultimately we kind of find a balance.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you have a a principle that's I liked um it's got a kind of long um uh, uh, phrase phraseology non-exercise activity thermogenesis, but it, it it neatly compresses to neat, <laughs> so yeah. as an acronym. So talk a little bit about that. That's what you we were actually getting to about you know exercise. Yeah,
2: yeah. So so neat is neat's a pretty neat principle, and it really leverages essentially what the body burns as fuel. Mm-hmm. So if if you slept 24 hours a day, you would still burn fuel. You still need calories right? So that's a relatively low level. But if you start to just move around more than sitting, so if you said, I'm I'm at a desk eight hours a day. Um, so if somehow in that eight hours a day, you can take some calls while you're, while you're walking, um, while you're getting up and moving around, um, you'll naturally start to burn more calories. So this is the thermogenesis piece. It's not what we call exercise of going to the gym. It's the things like, um, you know, don't have to park in the closest spot when you're going to the store right you can choose to walk something and back because it may take you a little bit longer um you can choose to ride a bike instead of taking the car Um, all these little things that get out and play with your kids sometimes during warm-up for soccer practice instead of just sitting on the side all these little things are nothing on their own but again it's that it's that small investment frequently that starts to add up over time. And so that's where one of our challenges with weight management comes into is it's these little things that consistently keep our metabolic system burning at a little bit higher rate that that make, uh, and it just made, makes our systems run better in terms of our physiology works better when we're moving.
1: Right. And uh, in, in terms of investing in that kind of approach, uh, yeah, again, getting back to the issue of time. So you need to you know, invest a little bit of time. You know, earlier on in your overall, you know, sort of a more disciplined education planning process.
2: Yeah, it it is a, it, it's that education and planning and plan on working on habits. Mm-hmm. And all these things we're talking about is how do I, how do I move something from a plan to a habit? Mm. And so that's that is really where the magic happens. And I say with habits. Often the easiest way is just to attach to something you're already doing. So if you you know if you're if you're doing something already, uh, we'll, we'll say drive the kids to school. Okay? So when I get home from school before I go in the house, I'm gonna go for a half hour walk right just attach it to something or you go walk the dog attached to something when you walk the dog and you stop at the park or something and do some some jumping jacks or you know any number of things you could do build it onto an existing habit and make that your new habit so it's now a hybrid habit those are usually often for people a much easier way to start so it's yeah it's just a continuous these these little investments they aren't life-shattering until you look back over said like over a few decades and realize yeah I, like My balance and strength and mobility now, thank goodness I was doing all those little things when my kids were young because now I can do them with my grandchildren. Waiting for the grandchildren to arrive is (laughs) not the time to start diving down on the floor and starting to play with the kids. Um, We we do that earlier and we continue through our lifetime.
1: Yeah. I I just think uh, uh, for a moment, I just just flashed on just when... there was a movement, I guess, starting in the eighties about, you know, when Japanese car makers started looking at, you know, how could they gain uh, traction in the market, the American market. And they were looking at successful uh, American brands that the consumers liked. And they started making, you know, small improvements each year, I guess it became known as the process of continuous improvement. But, uh, so they were almost unnoticeable until you look back six or seven years and you are like, wait a minute, we have a different car. You know, and I, I think that that applies the same way. You can look back at yourself and realize, wow, I'm I am sort of a different person. Um, so I think that that's, and, and I think that your notion too of of just these small changes is really terrific and attaching them because I, I agree, change is hard. I don't think we like changing, and so um, it's almost like you you want to get to a, you need some energy to get to a different level shelf. It's like, yeah, but if I make that shelf lower takes less energy <laughs> more likely to get there and in, in in two steps rather than one so I think that's really valuable thought um uh so uh we're gonna uh move on uh, to uh the second principle of making choices based on long-term goals uh we're probably gonna you know uh, continue on the other side of the break um uh, but uh, why don't we just uh, uh start on that for a second and, and just uh you know uh, get a sense of, of of what, what we're talking about in terms of uh, long-term goals.
2: Sure, so maybe, maybe let's give people a chance to think during the break would be to kind of look down 10 years down the road, 20 years okay. down the road and say, what would what kind of community of people would you like to be surrounded by and the things that those people will do? Who do you identify with and what do you think they're doing that you would aspire to do and why? And that kind of helps set the stage for for some longer-term thinking. Right, so I think that's ultimately what we're about,
1: right? Okay, good. so let's just let's take a take a break there, hold that thought, and we'll come back to it. So folks, uh, we are going to take a short break, but when we come back, we'll be talking much more with Longevity Authority Scott Fulton. so don't go anywhere.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. visit facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
1: Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com.
0: You're listening to 45 Forward. To reach Ron Roel or his guest on the program, please send an email to ron.roel at gmail.com. That's ron.roel at gmail.com. Now back to 45
1: Forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with longevity expert, Scott Fulton, the founder of Longevity Advantage and Wealthspan and Home Ideations. Uh, Before we continue, again, you can learn more about Scott uh, from his websites, uh, which I'll tell you again at the end of the show. But it's uh, uh, longevityadvantage.com, wealthspan.com, with which is spelled W H. Uh, E-A-L-T-H, wealthspan.com, and homeideations.com. So before the break, we were talking about um, Scott's second principle of investing for the long term. And one of the first things we ta- he talked about uh, before the break was about, you know, figuring out, you know, who would you like to be with, you know, uh, in your the later parts of your life? And uh, what would you like this life to look like? So we're going to continue on that notion. And and one of the things you, you have talked about, too, is in these later years, what is your um, financial tolerance and preference for your uh, car, your transportation and and housing?
2: Yeah, it's a um, a, I think a I really try to encourage people to, to be really honest with themselves Mm -hmm. around, you know, planning that's realistic, um, that's got some specific targets in mind. um, And, and Part of it is just knowing yourself, which I think comes up time and again as we look at this. And so, when we talk about your financial tolerance for something, um, so I'll give the example of because partly what I do consult with people around getting their home upgrades. What are the right home upgrades for for the type of home that they're in and what they're looking to uh, to to get out of their home? But it's a you know, well, I don't know if I can afford to do that, and I. So, I kind of usually counter. I don't kind of, I counter with so you can afford to go into uh, senior living earlier than you might otherwise, then. Hmm. Well, no, (laughs) because we all know that's going to be a lot more money. So, so then if you can't afford, the upgrades and you certainly can't afford senior living, it says you need some very different housing plans. And so getting, so, so it's a way of assessing what your tolerance for change will be. And, you know, we're going to have some medical costs that we're not dealing with um, many of younger years in all likelihood, if we don't, that's great, but, you know, we would be foolish not to expect something. And so that's just part of kind of thinking that long play out to say, um, what are the costs of not maintaining our health, right? And that's mm-hmm. the flip side of here is, is can you afford to not make health a priority? And that's that's a tough pill for people because it really, it, it hits home because they can often feel like they're too, it's health has passed them by already. And I think all of my colleagues would say it is never too late to start investing in your health. No, you're not gonna get to the health of someone who had, who has 40 years ahead of you, that's not the point. You're not in a race with them. The only person that matters in this race is you, you and your family and your loved ones. And so there's tremendous, you know, the further you are from health, the easier it is to start to make gains. And so, so that's kind of putting it into your own tolerance uh, in terms of what you think you can do and you'll adjust your tolerance going forward. Um, and then it's, I also look at it to say, if you look forward, we kind of left at the break there. What kind of people do you see yourself being surrounded with? If you see yourself being surrounded with people who like to play tennis and golf and and you know kayaking and hiking and all those things, and you're not doing those already, um, how are you going to get from here to there? Mm-hmm. And if you are doing them already, how are you going to make sure you can continue to doing them uh, safely? And so, um, because those are all things which you should be able to do. Long, long into life, I've had relatives. I had an aunt. Um, I don't know if she quite played tennis until she was ninety, but pretty darn close. Lots of lots of colleagues and friends in their nineties played golf and things. So there's lots of things that we can do. Um, the other, if I can kind of throw a uh, an interesting one at you here, is sure. is when we when we talk about collateral, mm-hmm. right? So we we talk about collateral when we went to buy our first home. Right, we didn't have any collateral. We scrounged up all the money we can, and we, you know, maybe our parents kicked in some cash to help us. And and we know that the banks tend to charge them more interest because you know they're viewed as higher risk because they don't have any collateral. Right. Right. Whatever collateral they have is cash. Well, that's all gone because it's <laughs> it's spent on the on the down payment. And then somehow later in life, and now it gets easier to get a second like a vacation home and go get a new car. Those things get incredibly easy, the later on we get into life. So the same thing happens in health. And the example I'll give you, you here is with our heart. Mm-hmm. So we have a have a mechanism within our heart, uh, which is filled not just with the arteries that we hear about in terms of heart attacks, Our heart is absolutely flush with capillaries, capillaries that feed all the heart muscles. There are so many capillaries there that if we invest in our heart through like NEAT in terms of keeping active, keeping exercise, we actually start, we can start to develop what's called collateral circulation. Mm. So in the same way that we've invested in properties and things that now suddenly gave us more collateral when we needed it later, in life, the same thing happens often in our heart. So if we have a slow depletion within one of our arteries that's feeding a certain um, a quadrant of our heart, it's more than likely those cells have sent out a signal to the body that we're, we're short on on oxygen and nutrients. We, you know, it's, it's the SOS, it's not a heart attack. Mm-hmm. It's that we're we're not able to keep up with the demand. Adjacent arteries will cause their capillaries to reach out into that zone of the heart to to start to supply those muscles with more blood and new nut- more oxygen and nutrients than they were getting previously. And so you can actually have people that have a complete blockage in an artery, not not a not an LAD artery necessarily, or an RCA. I don't worry about which those are, other than their main ones. Um, there are lots of branches. We can have people that have a total blockage in a branch, but because they exercised and tested and, and encouraged their heart muscle development through their lifetime, we'll have circulation, what's called collateral circulation, still feeding that muscle. Not to say that this is going to be as good as if the artery weren't blocked, but those are the things that you kind of wonder, boy, you know, I didn't have a heart attack. How did I escape a heart attack? And that's often what's playing there so these are just kind of the 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 many ways of investing in in our health over long periods of time really start to pay off in the years going forward
1: right right yeah you've you've talked in in our previous conversations about um uh the talking about uh the, the functioning of the body in terms of uh you know the the this the sort of over design of the human body, basically building in right. redundancy right. in multiple ways to health and to uh, basically deal with problems. And, and I think that's a great example. And by so by investing in many of these small um, improvements, that you can really you know have a substantial difference. Um, I think that's a great example. Um, uh, so um, let's uh, talk a little bit now to about the third principle, which we're sort of leading into. Uh, which is you had mentioned. Um, so, the which is take, taking your risk tolerance into account. This is a principle, of course, that you always talk about when you sit down with a financial advisor. They talk about your portfolio, and they say, "What's your risk tolerance?" You know, um, right. Right. So, yeah. So, so some of these same principles can apply to your health, um, but understanding the real risk, and as you mentioned before, knowing yourself. So, let's expand on that a little bit more in terms of again talking about realistic plans and expectations.
2: Yeah, it's again. We tend to do it in the in the financial planning. Um, hopefully, for anyone listening that has a financial planner, if they haven't asked them that, then ask them why not. Right. Because <laughs> um, that should be obvious. Um, we tend not to do it in health again for reasons that don't really make any sense. And so it's a uh, and partly because we we don't go hire health coaches typically, even though. There are lots of great health coaches out there who can can help us just the way a financial planner can. Mm, Interesting. Um, So it's a um, it kind of comes down to the same thing. The financial planner is they're really trying to help you know yourself, right? So so don't go heavily into an equity position if you can't live through twenty twenty (laughs) two. Right. Right, which would be the cycle of so the 2022 cycle for people would be ah oh, my you know my 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 portfolio's gone down thirty percent I gotta get I gotta I gotta get into fixed well so you've sold off right, right. At the, essentially at the bottom or near the bottom and you'll probably never make up what you lost um, so that's knowing what your tolerance is so it's the same thing around when we think about health is to. Well, I'm going to get busy because you know I heard this heard this guy on the radio and he got me all motivated. I'm going to um, go. I'm going to go hike uh, um, Everest in 2024. Right. <laughs> um, so we we need to set realistic expectations, and those expectations can be very high. But the higher they are, the longer the the, the climb. Literally, you know, the, like the climb up Everest is there's A lot of practice before you even get to base camp to be able to achieve base camp at Everest, and so what historically happens, you know, we're into uh, February here. Everyone got the you know the I assume the gyms got their annual big bump up with uh, new members in January, and by now everyone's starting to get tired out, and and they've just you know they weren't seeing the results that they'd hoped. Right, right, and so life happened, and so I guess I'll go back to whatever um a lot a lot of that happens because we didn't set realistic expectations and, and and that is a recognition of how many weeks of doing anything before we're going to see a change so i'll go back to that first right, right. that compound interest small investments it takes time mm-hmm. and so we need to set realistic expectations around time and so i like to use a time frame for anything around health of three months some will vary but 90 days of doing something for 90 days so what can you commit to whether it's a daily activity whether it's three times a week that's often the sweet spot for most mm-hmm. activities what could you guaranteed positively absolutely commit to for for 90 days short of you know some serious event happening in your life that you could deliver on so you've got the time you know you got travel with work or whatever it might be so so you're going to yes. say oh, well then i better not stretch it right and that's the whole point is set something you can succeed at and maybe you'll overachieve wow wouldn't that be okay right right (laughs) and right so now you're gonna have the success of being able to measure a change and to have exceeded your expectation both in terms of what you could give to it and what you got out of that's the way you want to start wouldn't it wouldn't be great if all of our investments could start that way some do some don't but with health it's virtually guaranteed that if you set a low expectation, you deliver on it, you will exceed your expectation. So so that's that part around knowing yourself. There is no benefit of putting some big stretch goal out. Save that for when you've got a good base um, under you and you're ready to kind of take on some bigger challenges, whether it's Everest or whether it's doing a 5k, that doesn't matter. But that's, That's that piece around that tolerance. And so, you know, life is going to fluctuate. It's got to be able to tolerate that. You missed the day. How do you get back on track the very next day? Mm -hmm. So Don't let those one or two days derail you. Get back on the horse and get at it again before you get get off.
1: Yeah. And I think that in a similar way, like when you want to make a financial move, there are often financial incentives to make that move. And I think that you can apply that also to... Those uh, exercise incentives or health incentives, in in the sense that, you know, in in my other talks with uh, folks uh, about exercise, emphasize, well, what are the incentives to keep doing it? And I think that you know, well, first of all, make sure it's something you like doing. (laughs) It's fun doing, you're likely to continue doing it. And secondarily, if you're doing it with someone else or other people, you know, that social engagement is often a sort of a reinforcement to keep doing that. And an incentive to keep doing it and, and to stay on track, because sometimes too, by doing that, you you build in a kind of accountability for yourself. Like, if you don't do that, like, something you're going to get a text from, like, "Where are you, Ron? <laughs> Where are you, Scott? I thought you, we were going to do this today."
2: Yeah, yeah. There, there's a it's funny. I had a thought this morning. I um, I was into. We've got a we got just a beautiful YMCA here in Charlottesville, and I was in for my morning swim. And on the way to the swim, I passed everyone out with the machines. And I'm seeing lots of people on treadmills, on ellipticals, who are basically just walking, right? They're not Mm -hmm. trying to run. And I'm thinking, it's a beautiful day. It's over 60 degrees here today. What are these people doing inside on a machine when they could be outside? And the obvious answer is because they like being in community. Mm. They like the support of having those people around them. They can have their headphones on and, you know, and not worry about dogs, you know, (laughs) crossing roads and things. But mainly it's about being in a supportive community, even though they may not. So, you know, those would be examples of people would be friends would expect us to be there, but even without that, people like community. So for those who go to the gym, I think that's a big part of it is just that that sense of community. And that helps to de-risk it, right? Because, because there's some, even though they don't know people, there is still a felt mm. obligation of people are expecting me to be. It's a weird thing in the human psyche, the way it works, but it's it's absolutely real. It's it's pretty cool.
1: That is pretty nice. I I didn't think of it quite that way. I think that's a good way to look at it. Um, so uh, you you mentioned this you know a couple minutes ago, but then in terms of um, you know conditions fluctuating and, and getting back on track uh, other than sort of not getting on top of yourself about, well, I missed a day, oh my God, you know, uh, are there any other th- uh, tools you use to get yourself on track?
2: Uh, uh, well, measure, mm. no matter what it is, measure, right? Is it, you know, whether it's minutes, whether it's, whether it's distance, whether it's reps of something, The phys- the, the act of measuring is one of our of our best ways to maintain personal accountability. It also gives us again a goal to strive towards because um, we'll 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 say push up. I remember there's an annual thing of push ups. Uh, right. Sometimes we'll come around. Just use it as an example of you could say, well, I want to be able to do X number of push ups inside of two minutes. You know, by a certain date. Well, you're not going to do that today. Otherwise, if you can, you didn't set the goal high enough. <laughs> Okay. And no one would set that, right? So you're going to set some realistic goals. So we'll say you could do 10. Well, let me see if I can do 20 um, in 30 days. So now I've got a known where I'm starting from, where I'm trying to go in a time frame, And I've got some way of benchmarking. So how many did I do this week? How many did I do next week? And you can start to, to measure yourself as you go along. And I think that's the best way. So if I have a bad day, I know I've got data that says, I think it was just a bad day because I got lots of days I did more than that already.
1: Right, right. Great, okay, so we have a lot more to talk about, uh, but we are gonna take a quick break, folks. Um, uh, don't don't go away though, because when we have two two uh, uh, more principles for Scott to talk about during our last segment. So uh, there's a lot more to come, so don't go away. We'll be right back.
0: Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN. Tune in to Melody Edmondson's The Space of the Waste Radio program. self-improvement career advice and a variety of other topics check us out today you're sure to find something of interest voice america variety talk on today's hot topics
1: tune in every friday to get your
0: weekend kickoff early join the legendary g keith alexander for what's hot harlem america the flagship show of the new harlem america digital network has something for
2: everyone
0: now back to 45
1: forward. Welcome back, folks. We're talking with longevity expert, Scott Fulton, the founder of the Longevity Advantage and Wealthspan. Uh, and before the break, we were talking about um, several of Scott's uh, five principles of Wealthspan. And uh, the first three, we're gonna now finish up with the, the last two. Uh, so the fourth one is is uh, is talking about uh, diversity and allocation of your assets strategically. Um, uh specifically in terms of actions you know again borrowing from the financial you know planning sector resisting specialization and and uh, rewarding balance so why don't we pick up yeah. There, Scott?
2: yeah it. um so i think from again from most of us who understand investment strategies if we worked um now there will be some who will will view um, well you know I want it all in bonds or I want it all in the market right it's un- I, I don't know anybody I know lots of people who are a hundred percent in the market but they're not all in one stock right so how there are many ways to diversify so, so let's just kind of be clear around diversification means lots of things and lots of lots of little things is the way to balance no matter no matter how you're um, diversifying your your, your wealth portfolio. And it's the same thing with health, right? There's no one place to think, well, if I just do this one thing, then I'm going to be good. And, and that's, that could be, so I'll I'll just say on the exercise, that would be the ultra endurance runner Mm -hmm. who all they do is they run for four hours every day. And that's their only form of exercise. Yes. They will become, if they're not already phenomenal, ultra, endurance runners. Um, but I don't want them on my baseball, you know, my pickup <laughs> baseball team or, you know, or my golf partner in a tournament or all sorts of things, right? Because, because they're going to become very uh very very you know, unisport in terms of where their muscle and coordination development right. happens. Nothing wrong with those things necessarily. Um, but in terms of from a balance standpoint, there will be a price to be paid. And so, so as we think about that, um, I think that where I see most people, you know, we, you know, I'm from endurance sports, so I'm a little sensitive to people think that, you know, a lot of endurance athletes do too much exercise. And reality is a very small percentage of endurance athletes who are a very small percentage of the population uh, do too much exercise and overtrain. It's, it's about, I think it's less than 0.1 percent of the population that that might apply to. Mm-hmm. So let's just put those people aside because I'm not that person, and and I doubt uh, your audiences. Where most of us tend to get into trouble on balance is on diet, mm. where we get too focused. And today, especially with the, just just the ridiculous diet debates that are going on out there in the world today, they've. It's just not new. The diet debates have been been around. Uh, there's a funny video that um, that I I often play for my class. I do not remember the name of it, but it was um, it was looking at diets kind of going back into the 50s and all of the. Uh, it's like a time traveler who mm. comes in and stop, don't eat the uh, don't eat the eggs. Eggs are bad, full of cholesterol. Right. And then he goes and he comes back, and it's just it's a great film. Uh, it's it's about a short little five minute video and it's just kind of laughing at ourselves of our our misguided uh uh, advice on diets in general and so we have today right i'll I'll kind of use we'll say we'll say the two extremes would be the the ones who ascribe to 100 percent meat eating and then the other extreme would be the vegans who who is no meat and, and and there's more to it than that. I'm not. Right. I'm just trying to simplify it for the point. Right. Um, the problem when we get into the extremes that life starts to become about the ethos. Mm-hmm. Right? Eating is is an, is a fueling exercise and it's an exercise of community. So from a fueling standpoint, is what does what does our body need? Right. And I know as sure as as I can be that your body needs are going to differ than mine. I don't know how, other than done so much work in this area to know that we are not all built exactly the same. Um, But almost no one short of someone with a disease state um, needs to be at the very extreme states that many find themselves for for no good reason and find themselves with other health issues to deal with. And they kind of get caught up in this, um, this whirlpool that just becomes all consuming. And so when we think about diversifying, um, that's really where longevity comes from. We just have to look at who are the cultures around the world who routinely are able to live very long lives. They're not doing anything to the extreme. Mm -hmm. If you said they were, they were doing any one thing to the extreme. They're avoiding what would be what we now call conventional agriculture, essentially the processed foods that are full of the chemicals and residuals that follow with with a lot of the uh, commercial uh, food practices. Right. Other than that, you know that we talked about the neat the non-exercise activity mm-hmm. thermogenesis. That's what they do every day. They don't. They're not a program they're just used to being manual in the things that they do and, and walking. And so it's really around when we think about longevity there's the five pillars of longevity that have been born out over many years, uh, mind, environment, diet, exercise, and community. Mm-hmm. And really mind is about the mindset primarily. It's why we start with that. And then, and we continue to support that with our thoughts uh, and managing our brain and then environment, diet, exercise and community are all are all important there's no there is no debate around which one is the most important they're all important they're all interdependent Um, each one should support one or more of the other pillars and so we find the people who naturally live longer aren't specialists Mm -hmm. they're really good generalists that's kind of that's what i try to teach is really around how do you be a really good generalist know a know a reasonable amount Around these five areas, right? That's right. really all you need to know. It isn't that hard, unless you get caught up in the circus of trying to go too deep in any one of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I went, you know the, you have, talk about five areas. I mean, I, I talk about four just when I give presentations about um, uh, your healthy uh, healthy living for your brain and body for for uh, the Alzheimer's Association and that that one presentation i do is about um not alzheimer's per se but how do you you know what are things you can do to reduce the risk of alzheimer's that that are based on evidence um, based studies um and so it, it you know they talk about uh, you know uh, as you mentioned cognitive stimulation uh social engagement um uh exer- diet, diet and exercise those four basic areas diet, diet nutrition and exercise and as, and the, the conclusion of that is all these areas is important, but the overriding conclusion is just what you said, was that, is that there is increasing evidence, um, and actually from studies, that when you work on all of these areas together, that that's when you have the maximum you know, outcome. Uh, all of them right. are important, as you say, but if, if you work on them together, that's where you get the, the maximum potential for productivity, productive outcomes.
2: Yeah. I I like to use the, so I use the, um, the five spokes of a wheel, right? Mm -hmm. Life's a long trip. Mm -hmm. So if you only work on four spokes and forget, you know, if we had the ability to work on four spokes and eh, the fifth one, I'm not that interested (laughs) in it. That's going to be a pretty bumpy ride. Right. Right. Uh, Right. So yeah, it's, um, they're all important on any given day. It may vary, but over the course of, you know, a week and a month at a time, um, you'll see that, hopefully you're spending some energy around each one and distributing your time and priorities accordingly.
1: Right. right. So let's just, uh, before we finish, let's get to our last one about principle five, reviewing and rebalancing the portfolio regularly. Uh, And this, we've touched on this earlier, but again, you know, as you mentioned, life is dynamic and and, uh, how do you basically review and rebalance your health portfolio?
2: Right. So it kind of comes back to that putting something down on paper as a plan is really helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, it gives us a starting point to look forward to something to work towards, which helps with purpose. Right? Every mm-hmm. Everyone with purpose will describe very quickly, as, this is what we're trying to achieve. And so we can think about the same thing with health, but just some objectives that we're putting down in there and saying, how are we measuring against that? Um, something may have changed. Yeah the The one example I think is really good is that you know when I say life is fluid, mm-hmm. if if, for example, we move in the course of 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 our life, our environment changes, what we were doing before may not be applicable or may not be as easy. We'll say you like to ride a bike before and you may move somewhere that's downtown and there's no paths and say riding a bike just doesn't work for me. so i'm going to I'm going to plan to do something different. So I have a, I'm going to adapt my plan, and I'm going to come up with something that's as good or better than what I was doing. And it may not be obvious, I may have to work at it. But it's really that kind of testing of having a plan and measuring against how we're doing a plan, writing down some activities is a really good habit to get into. Um, not, to, not to be critical of ourselves, but to actually to acknowledge and honor the work that we've put into investing in ourselves, because it's not not like someone else is going to come and pat us on the back and say oh ron you did a great job on uh, on on getting out for for three walks in the last 4 days like mm-hmm. <laughs> there's right. nobody to do that but you and right. so that's that's one way of doing it right. and then the other is uh, which i really like is a lot of the wearables particularly smartwatches they just they promote they promote activity You don't have to be a brain surgeon to be able to, or a tech geek to be able to operate them anymore. They've become very intuitive. Um, You're guaranteed to have some friends around who can help you understand how to use it. Um, Don't be intimidated by them. They really are, they have got so easy. You're not going to use all the things that it can do anyway. It's kind of like your computer does a whole bunch of things you don't know that it can do. Um, And that's fine. You don't need to, but just it'll help you do some things that you're not doing today. And they've become certainly very affordable too.
1: Great. Great. Well, there's a lot more to talk about, but I think we're going to have to leave it there for today, Scott. We'll have to have have you back for yet another segment, but I wanted to thank you for very informative and uh, inspiring conversation Uh, for our listeners out there. um, If you want to learn more about Scott's work, what's the best way to get in touch with you, Scott, or find out more.
2: Um, Our home ideations is really kind of our, that's where we run all of our business through. Um, That's a way to reach out uh, there. Um, Scott F, F as in Frank, at homeideations.com if you want to reach out by email. But um yeah, we, we have lots of things going on, but life is long and we have time to do a lot of good things along the way, hopefully, all of us.
1: That's great. That's great. So um uh, once again, folks, uh tell your friends if they missed my conversation with Scott today. Uh, you can listen to it as a podcast on voiceamerica.com to search for my show 45 forward. Uh, you can also find it on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or go to my website, com, and click on the 45 forward tab, and you'll see Scott at the t- at the top of the uh, the archive there. Um, so um, uh, you know there's, there's there's a there's a lot more to, to talk about. If you if you have questions or comments for me, uh, you can always email me at ron.roel r-o-e-l at gmail.com. Uh, in the meantime. Uh, be sure to join me next Monday, 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm going to be talking with Priscilla Long, who is the author of Dancing with the Muse in Old Age. And Priscilla uh, challenges the conventional assumptions about peak ages of human creativity. So it's going to be another great show. Uh, so until then, folks, keep moving forward. 45 Forward.